We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. What's up, Broncos country? It's a Wednesday night, which means it's time for your edition of Mile High Insiders, presented to you by Mile High Huddle. With me, as always, Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson. Tom, we've got a jam-packed show dedicated to all things John Elway, number seven, what he's meant to the Denver Broncos, what he will mean to the Denver Broncos moving forward. And like we were talking about before the show, man, I can't wait to get into this. This is John Elway we're talking about here. It's like the, they might as well just change this to the John Elway show for the next hour because that's right. all I want to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for me, it's I've I've gr- grown up I've ever since really I started watching football in earnest. I mean, I can remember I can remember the Super Bowl from 1981 a little bit. And then, you know, after that, only a couple years after that, I became a Broncos fan. And so I've seen John Elway from start to finish now. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it for sure. We're talking, of course, about John Elway, in case you've been living under a rock Broncos country. Uh, this massive news broke yesterday, and I don't know how people haven't heard about it. John Elway and the Denver Broncos are officially no more. They had an amicable breakup, if you will, in John Elway's last year of being an outside consultant. That contract ran up last month. Apparently, Mike Kliss put out a really good report on 9news.com detailing that a little bit and how John Elway ultimately went to Greg Penner. Greg Penner and John Elway amicably kind of part ways. And what does that look like moving forward? And I had to go way back into the time machine, Tom, and look at it. This will be the first time since 2011 the Denver Broncos are not heading into an NFL draft with John Elway in the front office or at least in that advisory role. I get goosebumps even saying that, (laughs) but this is a good thing, right? This isn't, this shouldn't be looked at as a horrible thing. This shouldn't be looked at as a bad thing. I mean, seven always has a home for crying out loud. He built it here in Broncos country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking about chills, I'll tell you, I get chills every single time I watch the drive, right? Every single time I remember watching it on a snowy TV back in the day when it was staticky, couldn't get great reception. I remember watching it. And every time I watch it now, man, it's, I always get chills. It is, it's probably my, one of my, well, it's my top, top two, three memories of John Elway of all time, but yeah thinking about his career and thinking about kind of the coming, uh, the ending of an era, so to speak, you know, both as a player and as a GM, I mean, the, the guy has uh, been with the, uh, the franchise for so long and it's just, it's just strange now to kind of see that it's, it's over. It is strange. It almost feels um, 
and almost I don't want to say like there's been a death, right? Because John's <laughs> doing well. John's doing yeah. very well. He talked about it. He gave Mike some great quotes talking about this in an interview he did with Mike Liss on uh, what I think just last week. So, I mean, this is very fresh that we're learning the Broncos and John Elway are amicably parting ways. And we're looking at this new era of what the Denver Broncos are going to be, of, co- of course, under the Walton Penner ownership under George Payton GM, and of course, Sean Payton as head coach. So I think Broncos country is kind of getting hit with a lot of change really quickly, especially when it comes to getting used to new ownership, getting used to a GM. Is this the right guy? Did John hire his replacement and put the Broncos in a a decent spot? That's debatable and, and remains to be unseen. And then you've got Sean Payton as a head coach right now. So, I mean, the Denver Broncos are truly being steered into a direction that they have never been before, especially without number seven. That's true. Yeah. And I just want to grab uh, Heath's comment here. Thank you, Heath, for coming in. I know that you say you can't, can't stick, stick around for the whole show, but hopefully you can watch it after. But Heath says, evening, Luke and Thomas can't be with you guys during the show, but just wanted to pop in early here and say, I love your new duo, but we're loving it too. So thanks Heath. And you guys are doing great work. Go mile high huddle Elway and Bronco faithful. Yeah, thank you for that, Heath. Appreciate it. Appreciate you coming in, Mike. What's up, Thomas, Luke, Scott, Dylan in Broncos country? Absolutely. Mm. So, and Todd, Todd, we got Todd in here. Todd's too, in the house. Michaela, yeah. David, some of our favorites here in Broncos country. In Broncos country, let us know. Well, what has John Elway meant to you? Tell me a John Elway story. I'm probably going to flash it on the screen, considering today is all about John Elway. It should be April 7th right now, it's April 5th. We're talking about number seven here on MHI. He is Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson. Get at the mothership at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. And here's one of our guys, Michael Ronquillo, saying good morning. Well, good evening to you, Michael. Uh, A huge fan, a huge family member, a friend of ours here on MHI. Always shows us support. Always shows us love. Michael's out there grinding every single day and he never misses the show so huge mile high salute to you mike i appreciate everything you do i know thomas feels the same way and uh it's cool to see our friends in the in the chat wanting to talk number seven again we're reacting to the news the denver broncos and john elway have amicably parted ways per broncos insider mike cliss you can read all about it at milehighhuddle.com you can also go to nine news and read mike's work where we have of course of course cited it on MHH as well, but basically John Elway's outside consulting deal, it was set to expire last month. John had a meeting with Greg Penner. It was a very positive meeting, and it was basically decided between John Elway and Greg Penner that they would amicably part ways, and we're starting to get just a little bit of information out and what that looks like, what it means. We will get that to you guys here shortly. Uh, let's get to Sue real quick. Sue with a very generous 499 super saying, hi, Luke, Scott, and Thomas. I love John Elway, but he couldn't find a quarterback to save his life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag Buckham. Sue, thank you so much. Sue, you're right. A hell of a quarterback. Wasn't exactly known for finding a quarterback. But then again, Sue, the Denver Broncos aren't known for finding a quarterback either. Thomas, as you well know, John Elway was not drafted by the Denver Broncos in the 1983 NFL draft. He was drafted, of course, by the then Baltimore Colts, who dealt that John Elway huge blockbuster move over to Denver and really kicked off what would become a, a pro football Hall of Fame career. Yeah. And speaking of which, I just want to plug the Friday show. Doing Please. the Mile High Legend. I'm bringing back the whole, the kind of the story about how he uh, actually uh, was dra- uh, traded. So tune into that on Friday Ooh. morning. It's going to be fun. Ooh. I'm going to bring it back. So, so you don't want me to get too far into it today? Oh, do it. What do, I'm, it. do it. No, no. But everybody. This. I, I love the comments, Sue, and I love the support from you and, and Michael and everybody that's coming in here. So thanks for the Facebook stars, the support, the super chats. Appreciate it. But he can find a quarterback. He just couldn't draft one. But I will say that <laughs> that's I, good. I, I like the that opinion that if Brock Osweiler had not jumped ship in, you know, after the 2015 season, went to the Texans, if he'd have taken the same deal with the Broncos, I, I believe they would have got back into the playoffs in 2016. I think Simeon was an okay quarterback, but wasn't able to get him there. And I think Osweiler could at least got him that one other game down the stretch that could have got them into the playoffs. 
What could have been? That's always yeah. a very interesting conversation too, right? Looking at sure. what life was like, what it could have been like after Peyton Manning rode into that sunset. But let's remember, Peyton Manning certainly wasn't in a rush to decide if that was his true end. I mean, I yeah. know that we all, he all went into it. We've all seen the videos, right? Talking to Bill Belichick. This is my last rodeo. Man, it's really hard for these guys to truly call it quits. Look yep. no further than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Bobby Vincent coming in here real quick saying, John Elway is why I am a Broncos fan. I absolutely love it. Andrew coming in here and just throwing a huge exclamation mark, a legend. And he absolutely is a legend. And speaking of those legends, you can hear all about that Baltimore Colts. That's right. For some of our youngins in this this pod, I don't think they know about the Baltimore Colts. The Baltimore Colts originally drafted John Elway. Huge drama before they even the draft even got there. You'll get to learn all about Jack Elway, what those conversations were like this Friday with Thomas on the Legends of Mile High podcast. Uh, Todd coming in here saying, good evening, Luke, Thomas, and Dylan. I have to say what's up to my dude, Ernie Mays, saying what's up, John Elway, the greatest champion. Go Broncos country only. And Tom, for me, man, being a Colorado native, John Elway is what got me into watching football. I mean yeah. – John Elway, Terrell Davis, Zim, I mean, that whole 97, 98, those two years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I fell in love with the game of football. He's the Duke of Denver for a reason. I mean, I put it out there on my Twitter today at Luke Patterson LP. He put Denver, Colorado on the map. It was John Elway. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos, obviously, they'd been to a Super Bowl with the Orange Crush defense, but they had, it had taken a long time for them to even get relevant. And then they were on that kind of, they went on that high and then they were swooning back down. And Elway is what uh, brought, put them over the hump. He, he was involved in all in seven of eight Super Bowls. And the reason he wasn't involved in the first one is because he was still in high school, right? <laughs> seven right. of the eight Super Bowl appearances was seven. John Elway either as a player or a GM. Ironically That's, so, seven out of eight. I mean, I guess you've right. been saying, hearing you say that too. So you're telling me, I mean, with the exception of one Super Bowl, John Elway has had his hands in all of them. I mean, I don't think that's something that people truly recognize. We know that he's had his hands in all three Super Bowl championships, but seven out of the eight Super Bowls that the Denver Broncos have been in, John Elway has been in as well, either as a quarterback or a general manager. That's that's tough to replicate, man. I don't know anyone else that's done it. I mean, Ozzie Newsome, Pro Football Hall of Famer, he's a tight end, right? He's Super Bowl champion as a executive with the Ravens, but I don't think Ozzie ever got that ring as a player. No, no, because he was with the Browns. 
<laughs> so they never made it to the hard Super Bowl. To, hard thing to do. John was beating him down. That's Tom right. Lockoff coming in here with a 199 Super, never beating us down, always bringing us up, saying John Elway has hit on free agency years ago getting Peyton Manning. And, Tom, I love that you brought this up, man, because I don't think without – Without John Elway, I don't know that Peyton Manning comes here. I really don't. I think that Peyton has been on the record of saying that John was huge in getting him to come to the Denver Broncos. Different men, different players, same goal. Be great. Well, that's the thing. You know, I remember it was, I think it was the Titans that were one of the, you know, finalists for, for his services that year, right? I mean, they right. definitely had options. Them in San Francisco. Still- yeah, what sealed the deal was John Elway said, I retired a Super Bowl winner. I want to do the same thing for you. And he did. He went out and did it. Ooh, he caught him a goosebumps. Super Bowl. Goosebumps. You know, he put... I didn't hear what you said. Sorry about goosebumps. that. Goosebumps. Just yeah. goosebumps, man. Yeah. I mean, like, he how how often can you back those type of words up? Like, I rode off into the sunset. If you come here, you will too. And that happened. I mean, he was the architect, as you were getting ready to say. I mean, he was the architect of the Super Bowl 50 defense, the no-fly zone. He drafted Von Miller. I mean, for crying out loud, as much as much crap as John Elway gets on, on Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, some of these quarterbacks, Brock Osweiler, say what you want about him. That last Super Bowl championship from 2015 has John Hel- John Elway's fingerprints all over that D. Yeah, and, and you know, think about it. I, we're I watched that. I was at Super Bowl 48. I I saw the uh, the disaster, you know, happen in real time. And you got to give. I know people are are thinking about Elway in the last few years and how it's been pretty bad trying to get a quarterback and get back to relevance. But think about this. He saw that Peyton Manning couldn't do it you know with a ma- magnificent offense he had the best offense best offense ever ever in the history of the nfl 2013 couldn't get it done you know in 2012 he couldn't get it done you know think about that debacle it wasn't just raheem moore right it was pete manning throwing interceptions it was uh champ bailey getting burned there was a whole bunch of stuff going on but not being able to get that win when you got two special teams touchdowns right Th- that was enough for john Elway to say you know what it is time to go back to the drawing board and we're going to go out and we're going to get a keep to leave. We're going to get TJ Ward. We're going to Darian Stewart. We're going to build a defense that's worthy of going to the championship. And unfortunately it was so good. It drug Peyton Manning to that championship because he was a shell of his former self when, yep. when they went into that, those playoffs and that uh, Super Bowl. I mean, his, his rating in that Super Bowl was 54. That was terrible. You know, Ooh. the defense carried him to the Super Bowl. But you got to give John Elway credit for that, right? He saw that he, that Peyton Manning couldn't do it with the high-powered offense and slinging the ball. So he recreated the team into a different way. Got DeMarcus Ware. You know, th- th- all those decisions were I'll amazing. Double down. How about, yeah, yeah how about get, getting Gary Kubiak back? I yeah. mean, Gary was okay. happy up there in Baltimore as the offensive coordinator for Harbaugh, making a playoff run with Joe Flacco, right? It all comes full circle with these guys. Joe Flacco becoming a Bronco, uh, Russell Wilson now a Bronco. It, it's funny how there's a twist of fate with all of these things that John Elway tends to touch. But finding the guy as head coach like Gary Kubiak and being able to bring him back and watching Gary Kubiak truly – be masterful in the way that he handled that magical 2015 season. It's truly special. Keith coming in real quick saying my favorite Elway moment, that's the helicopter. And then John stands up and just shrugs his shoulders and runs and heads back to the huddle. The helicopter, man. Talk to me about that, Thomas. Where were you when John Elway's most famous? Can I say it's his most famous play? Because the drive is his most famous series. But I would say his most John Elway's most famous play of his entire football career yep. was the helicopter. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny. I, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting in a chair. Basically there was a couple, there was a few other people, friends, family kind of, uh, you know, there, but I was basically alone because I had witnessed all these other Super Bowl debacles. And I was like, all I wanted was for that win to happen. And I mean, I, it wasn't, I wasn't cheering uh, wholeheartedly until John Mobley knocked down that fourth down pass. And then I knew they won, you know, but I remember watching that and thinking after that helicopter, I was like, 
I, there's no way they're going to lose this now. They can't lose this game now because because of that play. I mean, it was it was magical, but at the time it wasn't my favorite kind of play. Now looking back, I'm like that was amazing, but I was so caught up in they can't they got to pull this out that it was like I, I don't know it was it was the hardest Super Bowl for me to watch really <laughs> until it was over. And then you know the next year when they won, I was having a blast watching because you know they got the monkey off their back, but. For me, it was weird just trying to watch that game, hoping for the win and just like sweating bullets till the final minute. I don't know. It was, mm. it was tough. But yeah, looking back, that's one of my favorite plays of his of all time. Iconic, that helicopter. For me with the helicopter, man, watching his eyes go to where the first down marker was yeah. while he's scrambling around and all his old athleticism. Uh, man, just never say die with John Elway. It gives me goosebumps just talking about. Phil McLaughlin coming in, another friend of the show. Thank you so much, Phil. Hopefully you're doing well. Even in Thomas and Luke, John Elway may not have found him, but his reputation and friendship is what got us Peyton Manning. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag number seven. You're damn right, Phil. There was not a better salesman as a GM, as an NFL exec than John Elway. And I think that when you start to truly look at some of those names that you talked about, John bringing in, Akeem Tlaib, Demarcus Ware. I mean, these are some big TJ Ward. These are some big name dogs that John Elway was able to wrangle here, either through free agency through NFL trades. I mean, going out and, and swinging and missing in the draft, that happens to everybody. It doesn't just happen to John Elway, and it's going to happen again here in just a couple of weeks when you see teams ultimately reach for a quarterback, and it that's what it's all about. If everybody had it figured out all the time, you would see one team with only one success. It's yeah. trying to figure out, is this the right player for our team now, later, or ever? And that's a that's something that's tough to do. I certainly think that John should get some heat for that, right? Especially not finding the guy. But it's hard to find the guy, Thomas. I'm convinced every year I found the guy six different times. I was high on the Mac Jones bus, folks. I don't think Mac Jones is as bad as people make him out to be. What the hell do I know? Bill Belichick's out there shopping him. The Denver Broncos, apparently one of those teams, Mac Jones. That's right. The Denver Broncos, one of those teams in a report that you can read at milehighhuddle.com talking about Mac Jones to Denver. I don't know, but it just shows <laughs> truly how hard finding that quarterback in the draft is. Well, and it's, it's hard to win a Super Bowl too. I mean, people are giving, uh, you know, giving John Elway crap because he didn't win another Super Bowl. He, in 10 years, he won a Super Bowl and went to two. I mean, and how many AFC West divisional title he yeah, ran the on. AFC West. I mean, yeah, before the a, Chiefs had this dominance, John yeah. had it going on with Peyton Manning yeah. in the AFC West. Before the Raiders had this beat on, beaten streak with the Broncos right now. I mean, yeah. John Elway's Broncos would just kick the living dog. You know yeah. what? Out of the Raiders. I mean, let's not forget John Elway's dominance, not only in this division, but in the NFL. I mean, Jesus, he was an NFL MVP, Thomas. This is just, just one of those accomplishments that made seven what he was. Well, and I'll tell you as a GM, I mean, I'll talk about it as, as a quarterback all, all day long, but as a GM, he went and uh, he... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply he fired John Fox after they had gone. I mean, they were averaging over 12 wins a season and he knew that he wasn't going to get them over the top. He knew that. 
And to, to, as a GM, you have to make those decisions. And he did, he went out and got Kerry Kubiak and Gary Kubiak got him over the top and that, and Wade Phil brought in Wade Phillips. That was a masterful decision when everybody else was kind of like, Whoa, you can't fire a guy that he just went 12 and four or whatever it was. Right. You know, but he did. And that was the right decision. And that, even though you can, we can bag on him about the draft as a GM, he, he was running the show, the entire show. Cause there was, you know, really for the most part, you know, there wasn't ownership for half of that, half of that time. Right. And to get one Super Bowl and go to two in a decade. I mean, you look at the Rams, the Rams did it. Nobody's given less Sneed crap for not going back already or all the crap times he didn't F make them it. picks, right? F them right? picks according yeah. to less Sneed. It's, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Well, I would take a Super Bowl win every decade because that would mean the Broncos have six Super Bowl wins right now. So uh, I'd take mm. it every, every day of the week. So, Yeah, two Super Bowls as a quarterback, an NFL MVP. I don't know how many Pro Bowls. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer who's inducted yeah. the class of 2004. I mean, John Elway, he's done it all. And he's done it in an interesting way, especially here in Colorado, that people have been able to track it. Just a pers- little personal moment um, before I give you my Elway thing. Let's get to Clayton. Evening, guys. Make sure you smash that like button and share. Thank you so much, Clayton. Appreciate you rocking with us here on MHI. As we react to the Denver Broncos and John Elway amicably parting ways um john will always have a place with the denver broncos it's just not going to be on the payroll this year and it sounds weird um this has been the transition in the direction that they've been going but colorado's been able to witness john elway and the evolution of john elway back from when he was a california surfer dude from stanford stepping into the mile high city to you know retiring in a very tearful and sad way and after the end of the 1998 season saying you know I could I could see it right now. Some people graduate. You graduate from high school. You graduate from college. I'm just graduating from pro football. And now you kind of see seven graduating from being in the brass with with the pro football of the Denver Broncos. And and what I mean by being able to see him grow up, he's had his hands in so many things here in Colorado. And there was this little thing a long time ago, kids, called the Arena Football League. And I know not too many people know what that is, right? But there was an Orange Crush team that John owned, and John truly got to hone his skills as a talent evaluator, got to learn the business a little bit of football and became a huge success in the Arena Football League long before he ever touched down as the Denver Broncos uh, front office brass. Yeah, and that and that's what got him the job, really, because he learned how to run a team. That's how he became the GM, and that, he credits that. And in fact, he he actually says, you know, that I learned a lot. He said he learned a lot. He's, uh, he, you know, a lot of these people that think GMs are just talent evaluators are not. When he was at the Colorado Crush, he had to fire his friend, and they, he almost got in a fist fight with that guy uh, in his office because he was firing his friend, and that was the right thing to do for the team. Maybe not as a friend, but that was the right thing to do for the team because then the, he hired the right person that came in and took them to a uh, arena league championship. So, you know, he learned a lot about that. It's not just about going out and looking at draft prospects. There's a lot to being a GM in football and that credit, he credited that as helping him uh, get over the hump. Michaela coming in here saying, I do remember the arena football team. Yeah. At one point it was more successful than the Denver Broncos. And uh, it was interesting to see Elway involved with something that wasn't the NFL. It was kind of his first thing. He's had tons of successful businesses still does here in Denver, including a great restaurant. He's had car dealerships. I'm not sure if he still does, Um, but super popular in the state, super popular in whatever business he decides to go in. My personal John L.A. experience has been a little bit different than most. I played against his son, Jack, in high school, and that was pretty fascinating because John was his coach, and Jack played quarterback and linebacker, and Jack Elway was one of the best linebackers I've ever seen play, and it sounds bizarre. He was not a quarterback. He was very aggressive. He was very athletic, but he played at Cherry Creek. I played at Mullen, and – that was kind of my first glimpse of John Elway, right? Like, oh man, there's John Elway. And we were historic rivals, Mullen and Cherry Creek. So we absolutely hated Cherry Creek. We couldn't stand Jack Elway, right? Just because he wasn't wearing our colors. But it was interesting to see John be involved with high school football here in Colorado. Something that I think Broncos country can get used to 
that idea because Peyton Manning, his son Marshall, is going to be a quarterback here in the next five or six years. Be ready. I'm sure Peyton Manning's not just going to be sitting in the bleachers twiddling his thumbs. Peyton's probably going to be coaching as well. So to be a high school kid looking across the sideline or shaking John's hand at the end of the game, that was pretty cool because John's always been approachable. And I know there are tons of stories out there, and we always say on this show, don't meet your heroes. But John Elway is a damn good hero in Colorado and, and member of Broncos country. Yeah, I'd like. To, uh, there's a comment in here. I can't remember who said it. They're talking about John Elway's career if he'd have had Mike Shanahan the whole time or or whatever. And it's right interesting here, I got because you. if you look at, I've 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 said this before, and I'll say it again. I I, I do a lot of analytics. I went back and I adjusted every quarterback for era, right? So you can compare them across eras. John Elway was the only quarterback who actually got better as he aged than he was in his earlier career. And that has a lot to do with coaching, right? He had that one MVP season was a pretty good year, but statistically speaking after he um, actually when Vassell became the coaches, when his career uh, statistically took off now Reeves, I, I, he's a great coach. You know, he's a hall of fame coach in my mind, but he did not utilize Rest in peace, John right? Elway. That's right. He didn't use utilize John Elway to his fullest. So when Vassell came in, and then, of course, Shanahan came in. He, that's when he had his best seasons of his career. And one of the only quarterbacks and the only Hall of Fame quarterback that didn't diminish as he got older. His career got better in the latter half. He had several 80th percentile seasons adjusted for era. So, yeah, I mean, can you imagine what his career stats would have looked like? I mean, you're talking people compare Marino and they say he's better and blah, blah. Had he no. had someone like Shanahan his entire career coaching him? his stats would have been out of the world, out of this world, out of this world. Well, and that was, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't remember the days of Mike and John kind of having a tumultuous end to their relationship. Obviously you're a student of history, just like I am. And we we're just a couple of history nerds, especially when it comes to the Broncos, but towards the end of, of Mike's tenure here and towards the end of John's tenure with the Broncos as a quarterback, it was kind of being debated who's to truly get the credit, right? Kind of like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Should Mike Shanahan get the credit? Should John Elway get the credit? And then they're forgetting all the greats in between, right? Terrell Davis, that offensive line, stellar defense, you know, Steve Atwater, Shannon Sharp, all the Hall of Famers that John Elway got to play with and, and share Super Bowl rings with. And I think that's an interesting chapter of Broncos history. Mike is been welcomed back within the last couple of seasons with open arms from the Denver Broncos. And that was not always the case. And it wasn't necessarily a John Elway thing. It was a trust thing. It was a let's delicate, let's maneuver delicate waters kind of a thing. Look, John Elway is beloved in that building and he will always have a place. You'll see John. We'll see John at training camp this year, Thomas. I'm saying it right now in Broncos country. You will too. John Elway will be out there at training camp. And it's great when you see the guys come back in seven. He may not be under contract with the Broncos, but he's not going anywhere. Guys, this is MHI. He's Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson joining and rocking with you for the next 30 minutes as we react to John Elway and the Denver Broncos amicably parting ways. Mike Cliss sat down with John Elway yesterday and John said, quote, I've enjoyed the relationship with the Broncos for a very long time. I told Greg Penner I'd be happy to be a resource for him and help in any way that I can. I just wanted the flexibility. They're in great hands over there. I still plan on being around to watch and be a resource for Greg or George if I can. Tom, John Elway is going to be 63 years old this summer. He's looking at a new chapter of his life as well. His children have kids. He's a grandfather. Um, he's talked about flexibility a lot the last few years, and I think it's tough for us as fans to see Seven kind of riding away and getting a little bit of distance. He's not riding that far, right? I mean, <laughs> Seven's always going to be welcome here in Broncos country. He's the Duke of Denver, for crying out loud. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. He's always going to be on the ring of fame. He's always going to be, you know, there, his Can't jersey's be. retired. You know, he's his, you'll always be reminded of him as a Denver Bronco. So, you know, even, even if he doesn't ever come back and do anything, it doesn't matter. You know, his legacy's there. It will live on. And uh, it's, I mean, yeah, I, there's so many, <laughs> so many memories to talk about. I'm like, you know, where do I even start? But it's uh, the ultimate yeah, Bronco. Is, what's that? He's the ultimate Bronco as our guy oh, yeah. Dom Harmio is coming in here. He's just saying, I mean, like as we try to figure out and how would you describe John Elway Broncos country as you're letting us know some of your favorite stories? I mean, Dom's saying it best, the, the ultimate Bronco. I've said it. He's put the Denver, Colorado on the map. I mean, he has changed things, not only for just the Broncos organization, for the state, for the league. I mean, John Elway has been involved in a lot of rule changes too, right? When you start to look at what his job was as, as an executive and as an ambassador for the brand, the league, the Pat Boland Trust. I mean, there's so much that John Elway's accomplished. I probably don't even know half of it. You know what I mean? We haven't even got to his career, you know, and what he did at Stanford and some of those historic moments and some controversial moments still in history, if you will, with the band, right? And everything yep. like that. Yeah, um, but, yep. yeah <laughs> it's just, it's absolutely crazy when you look at John Elway. And I guess I would describe it to Mile High Magic. Without John Elway, I mean, I don't know that Mile High Magic exists. I mean, he just, number seven. I mean, that number for me, I don't see another number seven on this planet other than John Elway. Yeah. Well, he was born to be a quarterback. I mean, he really was. His uh, his arm is, I mean, you can't find a, a stronger arm in the NFL ever, really, in my opinion. The guy could throw the ball. Uh, so incredibly hard and he was accurate. You know, there's, there's stories about him as a kid, you know, when his uh, mom would talk about him go being out with his friends, throwing rocks at mailboxes, you know, he was the only kid that always hit the mailbox. you right. I mean, his arm was meant to be in the NFL. He's meant to be a quarterback and he came in and he, you know, he struggled. There was some times that he struggled, but the thing of it was everybody knew if the game was on the line and you gave the ball back to John Elway, he was going to take him down there and and win the game and that's the way he played he always gave it his all he was always out there i mean he, at one point he was the winningest quarterback in the nfl had the most career comfort behind victories of any quarterback you know and game saving drives of any quarterback i mean the guy uh, was always there to win and you know he got a lot of flack early in his career cuz he went to the super bowl and lost even though i still think they should have won that first super bowl but um, you know, he got a lot of flack for that, but you know, he changed the way he played, he got a better coach, got a better team around him, and he he left with two Super Bowl victories. So he should have had three, actually. Tom, you're a parent just like I am, and uh, my daughter's just now getting into rec and competitive sports. And you know, the wins are awesome, the losses are tough. And one yeah. thing that I consistently tell my kid is, Look, honey, you actually learn a lot more from losing than you do from winning i know it sucks the goal is never to lose but when you think about how much john elway got his ass kicked and kept coming back for more never lost the killer instinct it made him even hungrier made him even more aggressive i mean that is something that is truly rare and that's what makes him one of the greatest of all time that's why his name has been synonymous with michael jordan and i don't care about how many titles it's just one of these things these guys Guys do not want to lose. And a lot of John Elway's former teammates who are still currently in the media tell these same stories, whether it's at pool, whether it's at beer pong, gambling, whether it's working out, whether it's a race, it doesn't matter what it is. John Elway was extremely competitive and probably still is extremely oh, yeah. competitive in everything he does, especially being a good businessman here in Colorado and in the United States. Um, that's rare. That's so rare. Peyton Manning, same way. I mean, these are these guys, they got embarrassed at certain points in their career. But for John Elway to just come back and let it all be hung on the line, to not care what people say about him, I mean, Pat Bolin with the, this one's for John. I mean, yeah. that gives me goosebumps even thinking about, and I was thinking about that this whole show. We were planning the show, and I'm thinking, man, this one's for John. Pat said it best. Like, yep. John Elway, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to say anything else. 
And I'll tell you, I think him retiring when he did was was wonderful. But at the same time, it wasn't one of those situations where you're like, yeah, it's time for him to retire. Because he still could play the game at a very high level. I mean, he was still throwing the ball as hard, you know, almost as hard as he was early in his career. He could still play. Yeah. He just he wanted to get out because he was tired of the grind. It took so long to recover, and he was just like, I can't do it anymore. But for he me, would have been like, able to hey. do it in 2023 and 2022, right, <laughs> yeah. with this CBA and everything. And you see practice out there just like me at training camp, guys. They don't do anything at practice out yep. there. Uh, yeah. All the water breaks and everything, which, by the way, will be interesting to see how Sean Payton does it. But uh, you're exactly right, Tom. I mean, it was a different era and, yep. quite frankly, a different breed of man. Yeah. Yeah, he got beat up, man. It, the, all the quarterbacks did back then. But that's the thing, too. Like, you watch all these other quarterbacks as they got, well, like I said, they got older. Marino got injured towards Achilles, and he had a special shoe to, had to wear. And, you know, you saw his, his play diminish. Troy Aikman, same thing. Concussions, his play di diminished. But you didn't see that with Elway. And, yeah, if you go look at the stats straight up on, on you know, pro, pro football reference or whatever, and you see, oh, he didn't have that many yards. Well, yeah, he missed four games, actually almost five because of injury that year. He was on pace to have one of his best statistical careers in 1998 of his of his career. It was amazing. He still was a hell of a quarterback, and he just Damn retired it, John. Out, out on top. So selfish of him to leave. What was he thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? How dare John Elway try to live a life outside of being the Broncos quarterback? Because there are those on the 98 squad, Thomas, surprisingly so, that say, three P, we always wonder if, you yep. know, what if John would have came back? Um, and There's speaking a lot of, of what ifs. ifs. Yeah, speaking of what ifs, I mean, what if, what would we do without our good friend Michaela Israel, right. a very generous $3 super, and her boy Cooper is watching as well. Coop, hopefully basketball is going well, buddy. I'm hearing great things, hearing that uh, Cooper is taking that next step in his competitive journey too. And guys, if you have kids, get them involved in stuff, whether that's sports, music, art, get them out there, get them involved, let them experience life, let them learn new ideas and new concepts that's one of the coolest parts of being a parent so huge shout out to michaela israel and cooper gary palmer speaking of shout outs it wouldn't be an mhi without glp giving us a shout out here on mile high insiders what's up gary saying hey thomas and luke not coincidentally john elway is the main reason the denver broncos sold for so much holy cow i've never thought about that thomas <laughs> It's true. Uh, Gary coming in here off the top rope. I mean, we like to give, and I've done it on Twitter before too, and you can go back and look it up at Luke Patterson LP. I've given John some hell over, you know, what those rights would have been that he had uh, yeah. been offered and what it looks like for the Walton Penner ownership who came in and shattered records, and that record will be beat after the Washington Commanders is sold to Jeff Bezos, which I think is going to happen, uh, just speculation. Uh, but, man, John Elway, how much did he make the Denver Broncos in terms of <laughs> dollars, Thomas? Yeah. Can you give me a dollar amount on that? Because seven is still one of the most popular jerseys out here in Denver Broncos country, Broncos land. And that's another thing we haven't talked about, the Elwayisms. I am going to miss the Elwayisms. When you get John to the press conference, and John is one of the smartest human beings I've ever talked to in my life, I told you about you know, being a high school kid, bright eyed and bushy tailed competing against his son. John knows everybody and John's not too big for anybody. I, I had just started out covering the Broncos with another publication and it was just me and him on an elevator one day. And it was just, Oh, Hey Luke. And I'm like, Hey Luke, you know who I am. You've made my life, John. Uh, but that's who John is, man. I mean, John is so self-aware I am going to miss some of those little welcome to Bronco land. I'm going to miss the case Keesums. I'm going to miss <laughs> some of those great pieces of gold that yeah. John Elway has given us over the years, other than um, the actual gold. And I don't know if you know this, Tom, uh, do you know any of John Elway's nicknames? You know what some of his friends and, and teammates have called him before? I don't know all of them. I mean, the Duke is obviously one. Duke's uh, in there. You know, uh, my favorite Elwood. After the Blues <laughs> Brothers, a lot of his friends and family, because he's so cool, man. I mean, yeah. that's another thing about John, too. He's just a cool guy. He's a guy that people want to be around. He's a guy that, you know, guys want to be around. He's the ultimate fella. 
you know what i mean you can have a cold pop with john and maybe that's gotten him in trouble a couple of times but (laughs) hell it's the american way uh you know like it's just john elway man he's such a cool customer he's a cool cat and i wish him well i know you do too he's not going anywhere folks this this is going to be a little odd right life after elway but we've been there before with the denver broncos um we'll see how it comes full circle yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a time where, you know, between 98 and 2011, where he really wasn't part of the Broncos. So, you know, there yep. there are times. But the problem is, is the success that they had came with him, whether he was the GM or the quarterback. So it is a little bit different. I hope they can find success without him. I was kind of hoping that he would somehow get his way into the ownership group. So he kind of stick around. But, Me you know, uh, it, things change. You got to move on. And uh you know, we always can just look back and say he was for a for a period of time, he was the best quarterback and the best GM for wow. a period of time. That's I pretty think, impressive. I think you know those first few years when he leading up to that Super Bowl twenty fifteen, he could have been he could have been uh, easily executive of the year any at any point in that time. Brought in Peyton Manning, like we talked about, all those other players, and I think him bringing in Demarcus Ware. If you remember, they were going to get Jared out. And the DeMarcus Ware got cut, and he's like, okay, no, we're getting in DeMarcus Ware. But I'll tell you, DeMarcus Ware wasn't just bringing him in, wasn't just beneficial for the team and because of his his ability to play the game. He changed Von Miller around and made him who he was. And without that, I don't think they would have won 2015. Mm. I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl had Von Miller right. changed where he was going because of DeMarcus Ware. That was a shrewd move. I mean, anybody would have jumped on DeMarcus Ware. Don't get me wrong. They would have tried to bring him. But he got him into Denver. And, you know, and that was that was huge for the team, huge for the, you know, winning the Super Bowl, but huge for Von Miller. I mean, getting he, I don't oh, think they would it changed his it changed his life. It yep. changed. Von, and Von talks about it frequently to this day. I mean, Von talks about, you know, picking Demarcus's brain on more than just football. What's it like to be a husband? What's it like to be a dad? Yep. What's it like to, you know, be retired? What's it like to all these things? I mean, John Elway has helped be a huge influential aspect in being just a man not only a player not only a coach on the high school realm not only an executive um john has truly changed lives and if you go back to it too and and you look at john elway and for those who say john selfish john selfish i like to point back immediately to the first super bowl run um how selfish was john when he reworked his deal and, and, you know, and got Neil Smith here from the Kansas City Chiefs and, and got to see some of that success, got to keep some Broncos together. How selfish was John when he got on the Harley and went to Sturgis, what, in 97 or 98 to go get Zim and tell him we're coming back? Um, I, I mean, John was instrumental in so much. And David coming in here with a $5 super, and I'm glad David is taking us in this direction. Pat Bolin loved John Elway and gave him the opportunity to be the GM. And you're a hundred percent right, David. And and maybe, maybe there's something to be said for that. Um, John, I like to think that Mr. B is smiling from, from heaven right now. Right. Uh, and what John Elway has done for the franchise as a whole, both while Mr. Bowen was alive and since he has passed away, I think he would be extremely proud of John Elway and everything that he's accomplished. And um, those two were, were quite the pair. And of course, Mike Shanahan's name is always in there too. One thing you could say about Pat Bowen definitively, you could say a lot of things definitively about Pat. He loved John Elway. Yeah. Well, he loved the Denver Broncos. That's his first love. He loved the Denver Broncos and he knew that John Elway loved the Denver Broncos too and loved to win. And that's why he brought him in. It wasn't just because they were friends. He knew that John Elway had what it takes to be successful. Right. And, and he knew that's the thing. What I, I when I said, when they sold the team, I was like, I, I just, I, I hope that they get somebody that can love the team the way Pat Bowling did, because there, it does take love to make these, uh, you know, these teams win. You can't just be a shrewd businessman. You have to put your heart and soul into it. And uh, Pat Bowen, it goes John Elway number one, Pat Bowen number two for me, the uh, the best uh, the best Broncos of all time, and mm. and you know that love for the Broncos led him to John Elway to to write the ship because it was a debacle with Josh McDaniels. It, the, the the Broncos were in uh, dire straits at that point. John Elway came in to write the ship because he was a familiar face. He loved the Broncos and he would do anything to win. And then he brought it, you know, he brought in John Fox to kind of. Uh, you know, bring back the, uh, you know, the, the right way of doing things. And then he, you know, and then he realized that, like I said, 
that wasn't enough to cut it. So he went out and let's get and the band it. back together. <laughs> right. But he was willing to do what it took. And you can yeah. say, you can, you can say over and over again, he was, you know, terrible at getting a quarterback. He had some bad drafts, but he, he was, he wanted to win no matter what, whether it was on the field or in that uh, owner's box, you know, watching the, the game from up, up above, you know, he wanted to win. And that's, you know, that's what, that's really what uh, Bolin saw in him. It wasn't just friendship. Yeah, it wasn't just friendship. It was, um, man, I don't want to quite call it like father-son because, of course, we know what Jack meant to John, and you'll get into that a little bit, and Jack's, Jack Elway's role, and who was Jack Elway exactly. You'll get into all of that on your edition of Friday's Legends of Mild High. Um, guys, be sure to head on over to Twitter and follow Thomas at Thomas Hall NFL. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Mike S. coming in here, one of our good friends. Bronco fans are the best fans from all over the world. I completely agree with you, Mike and John Elway, Pat Bolin, Mike Shanahan. These are the guys that have really kicked things off for a lot of fans of the orange and blue. And it's cool. Whenever the fellows, Chad and Zach have one of our friends, one of our supporters on, and they, the first question Chad loves to ask, and it's one of my favorite to listen to what got you into watching Broncos football. And usually those answers are mom and dad watching John Elway on the couch. Um, you know, mom and dad watch watching and hanging out with uncle watching Terrell Davis rush for 2000. I mean, all these sorts of things. And, and I get nostalgic, nostalgic about it too, man. And I was so, so spoiled as a little kid watching John Elway and, and, you know, not appreciating him for what he truly was as a quarterback. I damn sure got to appreciate him as a GM and what I'll always be just a little jealous of. I didn't cover the Broncos really when, when, the last Super Bowl run was happening. I was still just a fan on the sidelines, man. Yeah. So I, I didn't really get to cover John, but I've experienced and witnessed and been around so many cool things. And one of my cooler moments, you know, I guess in John's final years was scouting next to him. I mean, whether that be at the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, the Broncos local pro day, actual pro days. I mean, it's pretty cool when you see John Elway out there who – Say what you want about him in quarterbacks. He could evaluate talent, and he got that from his dad, Jack Elway. Absolutely. Yeah, and he could. You know, there, there's a lot of – I think he got away from what he really was good at. He, I think what happened, he started to take risks on players with injuries and things like that, you know, as he went along. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. he brought in some great players in the draft. I mean, Justin Simmons is a good player. You know, he got uh, some later-round picks. He just missed on a quarterback. And that was – that. like I said early, uh, you know – Brock Osweiler running away to Houston caused him to jump at Paxton Lynch. And that that's the main key that really started this whole kind of dive into uh, mediocrity for the Broncos was being forced to draft Paxton Lynch and not finding an actual replacement. You can say, yeah, well, Osweiler, you shouldn't have drafted him to begin with or whatever. I mean, that's fine. But that was kind of the catalyst for the downfall. And I think he started to t hopefully turn it around, but you know, it's, you know, brought in George Payton and that's, that's the end of it. So we don't, we don't, we won't ever get to see kind of how he bounced his back, how he was able to bounce back from it, you know, cause he's, he's riding off into the sunset again, so to speak. Yeah. It's a true changing of the guard, right? When you're looking yep. at the new Broncos ownership, you're looking at George Payton, who John Elway got to pick his replacement. That's very rare. You don't see that a lot of times. Um, I'm a George Payton fan. I appreciate and respect a lot of what he's doing. doesn't mean I agree with everything he's doing, but I don't have a better name who I would like to see in here right now. Um, Sean Payton coming to the Denver Broncos again, part of that changing of the guard and it's okay for change to happen. Now that's tough for me. A lot of times, Thomas, I'm very much stuck in my groove. I like consistency. And when life throws me a wrench, I'm trying to be more adaptive, especially the older yeah. I get, I'm trying to be able to overcome things a little bit more. I mean, this is just a natural progression in, in life. And again, John's going to be 63 this summer. He still has a lot that he wants to accomplish in his life. And he told Mike Kliss, quote, I'll still be around as a resource. I've been with the Denver Broncos for so long that it was nice to have some sort of connection, which is what I wanted. I didn't want an obligation. I'm getting a little older. I want to be able to do some things I haven't done. I'm ready to have a flexible schedule. If there's something I can help with, I'll do that. Yeah. And um, John's never going to be told no when he asks to come by. I don't <laughs> Hell, 
John doesn't need to ask to come by. Give John the keys to the building, and John can do whatever the hell he wants, as far as I'm concerned. And Broncos, the Broncos have got themselves a real one with John and everything that he's accomplished. Um, He is the Denver Broncos. I feel 100% vindicated in saying that. I don't think without one key piece, without a Pat Bolin, you don't have a John Elway. Without a John Elway, you don't have a Pat Bolin and the success that they've had. And Mike Shanahan, for all that matters too. I mean, it's these guys had something so special and not always does the star and moon align for these things to hit it. And you said it to start our show, winning a Super Bowl is hard. (laughs) It's super hard to do. Hence the name, right? Super Bowl. But to look at John Elway get kicked in the mouth so many times and come back for more and then ultimately leave smiling with that John Elway smile, man, that makes me feel good. Well, and, you know, talking about the stars line, I mean, that 1998 team, the second second of the two Super Bowls there back-to-back, that team is one of the best teams that ever took the field. They they had the best owner in the league. They had a great coach. They had a great quarterback. And they had, you know, Terrell Davis, the greatest playoff running back of all time. They had a great offensive line. They had a good defense. I mean, all that came together. That was one of the best teams. I mean, you you can put others in front of them, and I wouldn't cry about it, but – it's a, it's up there. It's a, it's one of the better teams that uh, ever came down, uh, you know, in the NFL world. So, you know, that, the, the aligning of all that together was, was amazing. And, and to have it happen that way, to have back-to-back championships at the end of John Elway's career, after he faltered those three times before really kind of added a, a more, uh, I don't know, brilliance, to the to the whole thing right because everybody thought that they were going to lose the first one right everybody thought there's no way they're going to beat the packers and they ended up winning it yeah. and they won it again and then he left and that there's just a little bit more shine to it it, was, it would have been different had he came in and, and not lost those and then he won one and, and called it quits but man to struggle through that for his career to finally do it it just that to me it's a little bit more of a shining moment than some of the other teams that have won super bowls Yeah, and it's an example. I think people should also really look at that and use that as some motivation. I mean, the greats all have failed before, folks. Otherwise, they wouldn't be greats. And um, we can go look at Tom Brady. You could change the sport altogether. Look at Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. I mean, look at some of the best that have ever done it. Um, And you're going to see that they stumbled along the way. And stumbling and, and, and losing and having painful times actually inspired growth and it's one of those metaphors i like to use especially being an old firefighter right and coming from a firefighter family wildfires i mean forests are designed to burn it doesn't mean that you should go throw your lit cigarette out but (laughs) usually after those forests burn what happens that soil's rich plants trees all kinds of life comes from that same thing with failure guys and we can't as human beings be afraid to fail because we can ultimately redeem ourselves right we can get some redemption and we can hopefully ride off into the sunset as well jesse coming in here saying uh john has had some very valid reasoning um peyton's ability look john elway and george peyton i'm excited about that and for john to leave the place better than where he found it is very rare. You talked about Josh McDaniels and what he did to this franchise. John came in and had to work from the ground up. Doesn't mean he didn't have help. Uh, I think sometimes we forget some of the the folks that George Payton is always naming. That's one of my favorite things after the draft. George will sit up there, Thomas, as you know, for about 10 minutes and just spit out names of guys and gals that we've never even heard of. And that means so much for strong leadership and, John was the same way, super loyal with a lot of his friends, a lot of his family. And sometimes that loyalty meant tough decisions, as you talked about earlier with the crush. I mean, Gary Kubiak and John Elway haven't always seen eye to eye. Peyton Manning and John Elway haven't always seen eye to eye. That's okay. It's okay to disagree with each other and then ultimately come back and be full circle. That's the sign of greatness. That's the sign of competitiveness. And I absolutely love it, Tom. We don't agree on everything on this show. But we want to constantly make things better and we want to push each other. And that's ultimately what your friends do, right? Your friends don't just sit there and tell you everything that you need to hear. They tell you the really brutal, honest truth sometimes. And John got that from some friends. And he was also that way towards some of his other buddies, too. And um, I think what you look at is a legacy that is just completely astonishing 
to me and so impressive. Um, I'm impressed with the wins. Don't get me wrong, but it's the losses to see the way he came back after getting his ass kicked that much that often makes winning so much sweeter. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember why I watched all the Super Bowls except for, you know, 77. So I was too young. But watching that San Francisco 49ers uh, Super Bowl where they just got crushed, that felt like to me like that's it for the Broncos, Ouch. right? That it was a horrible, horrible experience. Yet they, you know, took them a little while, but they got back there, won it all. So, like you said, it's just a little bit sweeter. They learn from all those mistakes. And, you know, then, you know, that that was the thing about Elway. You know, he could have just, you know, been a stuck up brat and said, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I want and throw however I want. But he he changed his game a little bit. He, you know, he uh, worked in the West Coast offense better. And it just, you know, he was able to to evolve his game a little bit. And that's a sign of, of learning. You talk about learning. I mean, it could be argued he was that brat. Coming into the sure. NFL. And as you talk about that on your show on Friday morning, I know you'll get to it. I mean, a lot of guys are looking at him sideways like, who is this kid to come in and say he's not going to play for a franchise? I mean, you see some of those vibrations still happening today. I mean, you're looking at the the D lineman right from Georgia right now saying, I'm not going to go to any top 10, anybody that's not a top 10 suitor in the NFL draft. I'm not doing a, a pro visit. Really? Right. Is that the smartest of moves? But when you look at it, John Elway was ultimately the one to say, you know what? I'm going to do things my way. And yeah. I could respect that. I could appreciate that. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of stones to come out and do something that everyone's telling you not to do. Um, man, John did it his way, baby. Yeah. And I respect the hell out of that for the wins and the losses. And it, and it wasn't just because he was a brat about it. It was the right thing to do. If you, if you look back at why he the did it, were, yeah. why he did it, <laughs> it was, I mean, it had a lot to, there was a lot of good reasoning for why he didn't want it because both he and his father knew he would not be as successful there as he would have been elsewhere. And that was, that was smart. I mean, it just because you don't want to go somewhere doesn't mean that you're just, you know, a spoiled brat. You want your way. They, they, it was a there was a calculated move in there, yeah. And there was reasons for doing it, and that's why he ended up in Denver. Double edged sword, right? You do something that people aren't telling you to do, and then you become a GM, and you're like, "Well, remember that decision everyone said I shouldn't do? That worked out pretty pretty okay for me, right?" Good <laughs> yeah. draft, Paxton Lynch. I mean, it is that double edged sword, and I mean, John Elway, man. I just we could do a whole. I'm so pleased to hear that you're doing the draft trade on Friday morning. I'm going to be tuning into that show. It's one of my favorite 30 for 30s, Elway to Marino. And I wish one day I'm going to just bid and blow my entire savings account. I hope my wife's not listening. on <laughs> trying to get that notepad from John's agent, who was also agents with Dan and some of the other uh, quarterbacks and Kelly too, right? I mean, he, the agent, John's agent from that 83 draft saved the notepads, Tom, as you know, man. And I wish I could go back and just yeah. grab those notepads and keep them forever and ever. But speaking of keeping forever and ever, guys, this podcast is going to be available forever and ever, wherever you get your podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, all of our great platforms. Feel free to give us a listen and let us know how we did. We take those reviews really seriously and we appreciate everybody joining us tonight and sharing your John Elway stories. I mean, I, I'm all nostalgic. I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy right now yeah. about seven. And of course, we react into the news that John Elway and the Denver Broncos amicably parting ways. And Tom, it's such a fun show, man. We have got a real special thing going here on MHI. I can't wait to see where things go here in just a few weeks with the NFL draft. Stay tuned to Mile High Huddle. We've got a lot of fun, exciting news coming out of uh, the NFL draft here in just a few weeks. So stay tuned. Yeah, thank you. This, this, was, this has been fun. I mean, I, I, you know, I love reminiscing about the Broncos and, uh, you know, going back and, and talking about the olden days. So this was fun. And man, you know, d just remember John Elway as a winner, you know, don't, don't worry about his drafting and all that nonsense. He was a winner. Remember him as a winner because that's what he was. The, and that's what he is. I mean, he's, if you, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get close to John, I'm going to say this too, because I've actually done it. 
go to a steakhouse and you never know who you're going to see around there. You've got some old dogs constantly around some old teammates. Um, John's usually around the city, which is pretty cool. He loves the mile. And he's the Duke of Denver. You could find him on a scooter near you. Maybe. I mean, one of my favorite Elwayisms, <laughs> right? Driving down in downtown Denver in that Segway. And I mean, John, those moments aren't going anywhere. We're going to keep them going. We're going to keep the TMZ moments alive and well, if you will, with John Elway. But guys, this was a wrap for MHI tonight. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You can be sure to get at Thomas on Friday and Saturday. You've got Legends of Mile High on Friday morning, and then you've got the Orange and Blue View with Thomas and Ron White on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain. Do not miss it. One of the coolest things about Mile High Huddle, we've got a show every single day of the week. And speaking of that, the boys, Chad and Zach, will be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Mountain. Not sure if Broncos for Breakfast is going on tomorrow morning or not, just because we're trying to get our last-minute vacation time in here, Tom, before <laughs> the NFL draft. I know some people had spring break a couple weeks ago. I'm still trying to get to mine here in a couple weeks, but don't worry. Here at Mile High Huddle, we have got you covered. And Tom, what a fun show, man. I, I always appreciate these. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that joined in the chat and supported us. You, you, your support means a lot, a great deal. So uh, thank you very much. And, you know, let's uh, have one for uh, for the uh, good old number yeah. seven tonight. <laughs> this one's for John, right? Can we all go put on our 97, 98, 2015 Game of Americas right now on NFL Network and start crying? Yeah. Because that's what I'm ready to do. Uh, <laughs> guys, it's been a fun show for Tom. I'm Luke saying Broncos country. This is the way. This is the way. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.